Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. Uh, man, front row, whoa, in the world. They got Rhett and Kendall back from their honeymoon. Come on. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. First time I seen them. They were in Bali, right? Bali? Bali. I was uh, talking about you at the team lead meeting. I said, they did an Airbnb. Shows they're a lot more adventurous than me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Airbnb out of the country. Woo, that was awesome, though. Well, it's great to see you made it back. Um, I, today is going to be a powerful day, I believe, because we're going to put the prioritization on what matters most. First things first, Jesus. If we remember him in the midst of all of the cloudiness that life brings, what happens is we'll have ourselves have a little bit more power and confidence no matter what the setting may hold. Has anybody have a f- times where they forgot something that's really important? Maybe like an anniversary or a birthday or an appointment you were supposed to be at? Man, whoo, I've done that. The double book thing? Uh, the swallow crow thing where you're, I'm so sorry. We need to reschedule. I had a pastor who was like, I'm here. Oh, which Starbucks? Ooh, be right there. Gently sped on the highway and showed up right there and said, I'm sorry. What's the worst thing we could forget? That's it. And what's the hardest thing sometimes to remember? Jesus. Because when it's hard, it's like, oh, pray to him. God, get me out of this one. Please get me out of this mess. When it's easy, when it's going, it's like, God, I'll get back to you. Deuces, right? You know, God, you blessed me. Ah. We're supposed to live in the tension of remembering Jesus all the time. And with Memorial Weekend, I think it's a great opportunity for us to to pause and reflect. And Psalm 77 really sets the tone for that. Now, Psalms, when you see the word Psalm, think song. This would have been sung to repeat and to remind people of the goodness of God, the prayers of God, traditions of God, the nature of his being and his likeness. And in these three powerful verses, it says, I will remember the deeds. So to bring to our mind, first and foremost, what God has done of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. It's really important sometimes to take the journey down memory lane. What has God done for you? What has he done for you? But it's also so important that we don't just live back in the day. I think there's a lot of us, we live back in the day. And we wonder why we're not engaged anymore because it's always back in the day. Oh, but back in the day, if you'd have known back in the day, oh, back in the day. I mean, it's exhausting to live back in the day. So we're not just living back in the day. We're living for today and we're living for tomorrow. And God's given us a very potent mission to do that. I will wonder, I will ponder on all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? How great is our God? Now sing with me. Now my prayer would be this as we kind of get started. You might have met some Christians that might have tainted your view of who Jesus is. You might have met some church folks that made you disappointed in such a way that you couldn't even envision yourself being close to the the king. You might have met people that claimed to be doing Jesus-type work, but then you look at their life and you're like, oh. And what happens is we have to disconnect the two. We're not going to answer to the church when we die. You're not going to answer to America when you die. You're going to answer to Jesus. 
And so it's not enough to say, well, that person in my granddaddy's faith or my mom's faith and my auntie's faith, or my cousin's faith, I don't like how they did it, so I'm not going to look at Jesus. Wait, wait, wait. That'd be like me saying, well, hey, Crystal, I'm going to take into our marriage all of the bad girls that I've met before, and so you must be just like them. Well, how silly would that be? Or what about she said, well, this one guy, boy treated me wrong. Now, you must be treat me wrong. Because just because you've had a particular instance that might have been wrong doesn't mean that it's the belief of the system that it's supposed to represent. There's a belief of Jesus, and when you just study him and rip down all the barriers and walls, and you get to him, and you find he's worth it all. In fact, when I was reading in Luke this week, it's so cool to see how the followers initially responded to Jesus, because it says they left everything immediately and followed him. Now, what we do is we always negotiate with Jesus. We think he's like the car salesman, or we think he, you know, Jesus wants to uh, give you a discount. And so, hey, Jesus, can I have half off on that? Can I go bury my dad real quick? And he's like, hey, let the dead bury the dead. Hey, Jesus, you know, I'm not sure if I want to leave this Pharisee click yet. Uh, he's like, hey, man, we'll have no, you know, hey, Jesus, we want to have a place to rest our head. Hey, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head to rest. Okay, hey, Jesus, this thing's getting a little too deep. Um, I've been, I've done all the law. But and then Jesus says, Hey, go sell everything, give it to the poor. Uh, Jesus, you're too serious. Well, maybe he's that serious because he really can offer everything. And maybe when you see him, it's worth everything we have. And so that's how beautiful he is. I, I think we tolerate him sometimes. I hope that I can stir up your affections this morning to kind of really get you excited, really get you excited to remember Jesus, to remember him when it's difficult, to remember him when it's amazing. I think that's the hardest place to remember him in. Because when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's, there's something about the humility and the frailty that life, frailty that life brings and there's a vulnerability built in that says, oh, we're groaning. God, I need you to deliver me. There's something about the lavishness when you got it all. It's like, yeah, we'll make it rain. <laughs> See what Peter says in chapter 1. I'm reading out the message on this one. I love how it illustrates it. In verse 12, because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, okay? Even though you're doing it, you're the church, you guys are doing it. You should be reminded all the more. The best sports players, they want to practice the basics all the time. I heard that Kobe Bryant for four hours would just practice that fade away from the corner on the post. Just four hours, just boom. Same shot, same thing. Same thing. Dirk Nowitzki, he started practicing if you follow sports at all. And if you don't, it's okay. Don't lose it. Um, you don't have to like sports to still like the principles. So you can still get this one out of it. And, and Dirk Nowitzki, he would fall back. And he, you know, he's seven foot. Um, so obviously, he, you know, he, he's tall. But his vertical is that of a, a, of a you know, chipmunk. It can't jump that high. And, uh, and so he, what he practiced was he would just come back on one foot, and he would just lean. And that's where Dirk, and he would do that all the time. And he had one shooting coach his whole life. They would just practice one shot, one shot all the time. Because no matter how long you've been in Jesus, you want to remember him more. You want the basics more all the time. You want it all the time. God, I want more, I want more. I want the simple. I want to know how great he is in the midst of every situation. That's what Peter's saying. Look, I know you've been practicing it inside and out. I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. What a great leader. This is the post to which I've been assigned. It's like a military tension, keeping you alert with frequent reminders. And I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I know that I'm to die soon. History tells us that Peter went on to be crucified. And some believe that 
When he was crucified, he said, I don't even deserve to die like my Lord did. Hang me upside, or crucify me upside down. And so he knows he's going to be poured out like a drink offering. And here he is leaving us with a, a reminder of what to do. I know that I'm to die soon. The master has made that quite clear to me. And so I'm especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you'll have it for ready reference. You know what he's talking there? He's talking legacy. He's saying, when you come to my tombstone, I hope you just read it, it says Jesus. I hope you read it that it says that he's worth everything. Don't ever forget it. That when you left your boats and you left your nets and you left it all, and even though the world's telling you what you don't have, that he's more beautiful than everything because he's the one that forgave us of our sins, made us clean whiter than snow, that we'll be in our forever home. We live forever. Oh, when the saints go marching in, you know, yes, oh, when, that's us. And we're not just going marching in. He's coming down here to make all things new. We're going to rule and reign with him. It's going to be similar to the rhythms of what we feel now. And now we're just getting the opportunity to praise him through the painful toil. We won't get that opportunity then. We get the opportunity, and he's reminding us of that for ready reference. And as it continues in verse 16, it says, We weren't, you know, just wishing on a star when we laid the facts out before you regarding the powerful return of our master, Jesus Christ. Throughout all of the text, they're not just saying back in the day. Well, back when Jesus did it, they're saying, hey, Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to set things all right. And you're always to be alert because no person knows the time. And since nobody knows the time, we want to be involved in the master's business all the single time. Jesus Christ, we were there for the preview. We saw it with our own eyes Look at this verbiage. Jesus resplendent with life from God the Father as the voice of majestic glory spoke. This is my son. Marked by my love, focus of all my delight. We were there on the holy mountain with him. We heard the voice out of heaven with our very own ears. I love that because what Peter's saying is this. I saw him and he's worth it. In fact, he's going to continue to go on in the next chapter and say, watch out for false teachers. They're going to try to distort the good news of who Jesus is. And then he goes into chapter three and he debunks the whole, well, where is Jesus? Why has he not come back? And he says, trust me, you don't want him to come back yet. He's not coming back yet because he wants more kids to come back home. And so we kind of, we groan saying, God, come back, all things new. Yes, Jesus. But in the same breath, we cry and we say, God, please save everyone. Please. To be separated from God forever. Is there anything worse? Nothing. And so if we got to suffer a little bit longer, then so be it. Till he returns. So be it. And that's what Memorial Day is all about, right? Soldiers in the line of duty that have given their life. And we remember I mean, it's one thing when you go and you show up and you just kind of check the, the stats. Okay, this war happened then. Here's these names. And you, know, you just see the name and you try to envision it. You can't fully envision it unless you've been to war or something, right? But then the movies do a, a real good job at least saying kind of what happened. You know, I watched the opening scene of Pearl Harbor. I couldn't get through it. It's difficult. 
I remember Crystal and I, one time we showed up at Studio, Studio C. You remember this, Crystal? We showed up at Studio C. We could go to, um, uh, you could eat and you can watch. It's like, yes, right? Well, I didn't know that you needed to have $100 for two. But, so we did it, though. For real, we did it. Because if we go big or go home, it's a life's philosophy. So, so we had, I think, fried mushrooms and a few things, chicken tenders, because that was our protein, mushrooms with the vegetables, of course, and then drinks and, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? It was only us two and then two teenagers in the movie theater right behind us. And we're sitting there, and we decided to go see. I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to go see this movie called Lone Survivor. Now, it was an exception to go see Lone Survivor because Lone Survivor was an R-rated movie. And I did not, I had convictions about R-rated movies because there's a reason it's R-rated and it's not necessarily the most edifying for my soul. So if that works for you, cool. You can maybe tell us how and why, but it didn't work for me and it doesn't work. It's not, just because it may be permissible doesn't mean it's profitable. Okay, disclaimer. So I had a um, prompting, very specific prompting to go see this movie, I felt. So I didn't talk about it publicly until now, but, uh, and one other time, but, uh, so we went and we're eating our food, previews get going, and then the movie starts, and it's about um, a handful of Navy SEALs in, in Afghanistan, and there was a shepherd and a boy that they, they were um, doing some recon work there, and they got, they got caught, um, or they got found, sought out by this shepherd and, and this boy, and they, 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 they tied him up, and uh, they, this, they were wrestling. Do we let him go back to the village because they're going to tell the Taliban, and we're basically going to now fight the Taliban, and we're not here to fight the Taliban at this particular moment. And then, uh, so it was like, do you, do you let him go, or do you, do you take their lives, and then uh, you can still continue? Well, they decided that, that the most noble thing would be to let him go. And uh, I just remember sitting there and just wrestling through, thinking about war, understanding the mystery of it. How does God involve in it? How are we in two worlds as Christians? Like Jesus wants everyone to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to, to, to meet um, the Lord without knowing him. He, he longs for people to come back home, but yet he's given the sword. He's given authority. And so how do we live in both worlds? I remember watching that movie and we didn't eat a thing. Because the weight of war was so serious. The stakes were so high. It's like what Peter was saying. The stake, hey, the stakes are high. In fact, he's going to go die. Stakes are so high. Remembering Jesus is so critical. It's so worth my life that I want other people to know that, that from a group of 12 people, to think that Jesus would have 12 people and then that it would change the world how we live today. What is that? That's remarkable. In fact, even how people, Jesus chooses people, I would be astonished. Jesus, why would you ever choose these misfits and idiots? That's what I would think. Why? They're not even talented. They weren't even, you gotta get, we gotta get the top tier people. Well, Jesus, he can wait till he's 30 to begin his ministry, and then he can only be in his ministry for three years because he recognized it was bigger than him and wanted to empower us with the Holy Spirit. Fascinating. Sometimes we can't wait a day for God to do something, but Jesus waited 30 years. I think we got to wait. I think we got to initiate. And I think we got to recognize it's way bigger than us. And specifically, even here with Memorial Day, it's bigger than us. And let me explain. There's probably two types of crowd here, really patriotic and others that are really a um, little disappointed in America today. And I think both are rightfully so. And let me explain. Um, I think we can live in both tiers to honor 
and still be disappointed. And I think, here's how we do it. To understand the origin is one way, but to understand the belief is another way. So the belief of America is freedom and offers opportunity. And and even though the origin of it is very distorted from how God would do things, right? Um, Now, God uses things in his mystery, right? So America was founded, come over here, uh, slaughter Native Americans, and they're still getting paid to this day. It's like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about that. It's like, okay, well, hold on. Before you get mad, don't worry. We're going someplace good. And, and you live in these two worlds, and then you see, okay, systematic oppression. That's a real thing. Racial injustice. That's a real thing. It, 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 it just is real. It's real. So just do more homework. It's just real. It's real because you know, people of color, which everyone's of color for the record, okay? Just, this is painted white, if you will. So everyone's of color but just for a frame of reference for people's minds. Couldn't even buy homes until like 1930 or something or 1940. You had to go back and look at it. It's just because injustice was built into the system. Boy, you realize it's not just a race thing. Just, injustice has been built into the global thing forever because it's, it's power, it's, pre- it's greed. And so what is the root of it? It's not just um, government, it's sin. Amen. And it's wicked. And so we live in this tension because we're in two worlds as Christians. Here's why. We have a king that has a kingdom, and his kingdom isn't just particularly um, set up on a region. Well, does Jesus only care about a particular continent, or does he care about the world? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's the king of the universe. And so he's the king of every continent. But yet we still live here in a country that has offered freedom for many people. I was with an Uber driver recently, and uh, we were talking. I said, where are you from? You notice the accent's really strong. And he says, Afghanistan. He's a Christian. He says, I love it here. I said, oh, you do? Tell me more, right? Because I'm reading online. No one loves it here, right? Okay? He says he loves it here. So tell me more, because I don't want to take stuff hearsay. I don't want second-tier information. I want to talk without knowing. I watched a couple soldiers speak yesterday, and, and Fox News was trying to get them going on something. And they just said, hey, I can't speak on that. I don't know all the facts. And they were like, yeah, 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 but this is what happened. This is what happened. And they're like trying to coerce them. And, uh, and he was like, I can't speak on that. I don't know the facts. And I was like, yeah! Stop the nonsense, the gossip train. And they already knew these particular soldiers were particularly Fox News fans, and so they are trying to lever that for a higher platform, right, wrong, or indifferent, just like CNN does. So you can actually have your, your political party this morning. Well, Jerome, what are you? I, I'm a Jesus follower, and I make intelligent decisions based on that accordingly. And if I'm not careful, I will be on the wrong side of history. So why are we any different than the generations in the past? Because we, we have to have tough conversations. And here's how you have tough conversations. You actually have to invite people with polarizing views to the table with you. And so you got to ask people from, in the Uber car that are from Afghanistan, you got to say, hey, Tell me what it's like. What's your experience like? And he said, well, I could never even leave the city without people having weapons. And then they stop you and say, hey, where are you going? He goes, oh, I was just always afraid because I was a Christian. He's prim- he says it's primarily, and he starts speaking. He says, the nation of Islam is not nice. It's, 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 it's evil. And I said, well, that's your experience? And, and I was like, He's like, yeah, and he's saying this, it's breaking my heart, you know? And, um, and I was thinking about it from the other side where people have probably said, I've met Christians and it's evil, Right. But if when you meet Jesus, he's so, he's so um, forgiving and all-encompassing, he invites you in. And so here he is, he's, he's saying this, uh, 
this story to me about, you know, America's been great for him and freedom for him and all these things. And I'm thinking about the Lone Survivor film, the tension of war, Pearl Harbor, and all these thoughts are coming to me and thinking about this message. And, um, and here's, here's where I have kind of landed. In Romans 13, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. See, we love, for God so loved the world, right? That's the good verse. We, when we read our Bible, here's a tip, pro tip. You ready for pro tip? Pro tip. We don't read our Bible and with a permanent marker, write out things we don't like. Uh, we read our Bible with a highlighter. And this is worth highlighting because it, it, it speaks to God's mystery of using government, using authority, using nations to offer freedom for people and for others that may in, incur in pain, but we're present in both and um, as believers, okay? For rulers are not a terror to do good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority then to do what is good and you will receive his approval for his, he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain. Now, when I've went before a judge, I was guilty. And, and so when I was guilty, the judge was able to decide what my punishment would be. Now, the issue is not whether or not I should face a punishment. It's the issue, the inconsistencies is how people face punishments. That's what we're frustrated about. Because when a white boy stands in front of the judge, he typically gets a lesser sentence. That's a fact. If you just look at the stats, it's a fact. Because stereotypes and subconsciouses affect people's opinions. Do you know there's scientific evidence that if somebody goes in front of a judge earlier in the morning, that they're going to get a lesser sentence than those in the afternoon? Because the judge is frustrated. And rightfully so. I mean, to understand, it's like, what are you doing? He just gets mad. He's like, come on now. God would get frustrated. And sometimes he'd be like, yo, I'm just going to wipe out this whole little city. Would you stop sinning? Right? But that was the exception, not the rule. The rule was God's grace showed up thousands of times before that. So the, the, the judge here, or the authorities, if you will, um, says, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. You want to skirt on taxes? It's like, you can, um, but God doesn't want you to. And here's why. Because for the authorities are ministers of God, it says, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed. This changed the way I do taxes. Revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. You can give honor to somebody in the police force just because a lot of people have done wrong to you doesn't mean that you can't give honor to those that are doing right. Amen. You can give honor to the government even though there's been a lot of wrong that's been done in it, you can still give honor in what is right. It doesn't mean you're picking sides. Now, if you were to pick sides, I do think Jesus starts with the marginalized, okay? I think he starts with the broken. I think it's why we see he puts such an emphasis on Gentiles. I think he puts such an emphasis, and he's, and he's just carrying on the Jewish tradition, if you will, okay? And he puts such an emphasis on women, children, people of all races, letting them know that they have dignity, purpose, and it doesn't matter what they look like or come from, that they can be new in him. 
That's the new Jerusalem, the new city, the great I am. And so remembering that is very important. But we can give honor to we, we were, when we're in the tension today where we see, oh, we see this injustice. We see this pain. We see the racial tension. We see America acting like we're, you know, we have everything figured out. Um, but it still can represent the freedom for so many people like the Uber driver. And when I've sat across the table with a soldier, I know this, I need to proceed a little bit slower because I don't always understand the position of a warrior Amen. and how God's using that. Amen. I don't. But when you start to hear their war stories and you watch movies like Lone Survivor and you see opening clips like Pearl Harbor, you say, okay, this is weighty. God, you cry out, Jesus, come back. I don't know how you're using all this. And for some, you might know how God's using all that because you're called to a government and you're called, amen, okay? But as a church, I think we gotta be very careful before we say this because when Jesus comes back, you just picture this for a minute. What flag is he raising? What banner is he, what, you know, what song is he singing? What is it? You know what it is? It's the great I am. It's like, he's here. All nations, all people, all belong here, right? Like, that's what's happening. That's exciting. That's exciting. That means Haiti. That means Afghanistan, Iran. If you see somebody with a turban, that means if they have Jesus, they're in. They're in. I wonder how much more freedom we could have if we just came a little bit slower to the table to seek understanding and ask more questions. In fact, my goal on this whole point in this little section in my notes was, is not even to get you to land on any particular point. It's to get you closer to, to understanding each other. It's trying to get you closer to understanding there is some misconceptions in the world. Get us closer to saying, mm, okay, I'm going to hold true to God, but the rest, we're trying to learn. We're walking this out. Jesus did that great. He's on the cross next to the thief. You know who else is watching him? The authorities. And what did, what did Peter do? Peter didn't like that. Peter, who wrote this, Peter did not like when Jesus got overthrown by the government. So what did Peter do? He whips out a sword. What do we do a lot of times when there's injustice? What do we do? We whip out our sword, just like Peter. It's like, come on, boy, right? And Jesus is like this. Jesus says, Peter, slow down. I could call legions of angels right now. I, I love the posture. It's like I could wipe out everybody. But I do this willingly because Jesus teaches us in Luke chapter 6, and then he goes and lives it. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. From one who takes away from your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. What he's saying is you have a higher kingdom, a higher standard, and you have a higher way of life. Trust me through it all. Trust me through the brokenness. And so today, I think it is very, we're, we should be very comfortable with still honoring soldiers that have served in their life because freedom's never free. Amen. Right? Freedom's never free. But it doesn't mean we're solidifying everything that's happened in our country. We're just acknowledging people that have served under authority so that we could live in this land. Who here has served in the armed forces? Would you stand up? Stand up. Thank you, sir. Stand up. Thank you.
Thank you. And it's our privilege to honor you today. And it's our privilege to remember all those that have given their life for this country. But as believers, I think our deposition doesn't stop there. And this is where it's really important. This is how we'll close, okay? Is we remember Jesus who gave the greatest sacrifice. Why was Lone Survivor so hard to watch? Because war, there's no winners in it. You know, if you've ever watched The Passion for Christ, that one's R-rated too. There's not an English spoken word in it and you won't be able to move. You'll be mesmerized. And some people, those roadblocks, remember those roadblocks where, you know, I met granddaddy or auntie or cousin and I didn't like Jesus, those roadblocks. People say, well, Mel Gibson, he got caught drunk driving after that. I'm not gonna watch The Passion of Christ. To me, that means you should watch The Passion of Christ even more because that proves that Satan's trying to destroy anything that would, would, would glorify God. So as soon as Mel went out and stepped out in faith, spent his own money on the film to create it, of course he started getting attacked more. And what did the church do a lot of times? Oh, they're like, oh, look at Mel's life. Put on sight. No, no, we got to embrace and heal because we're not, we're not perfect. Jesus is. And the film is beautiful. The film is beautiful. And they have a, it's just like they have, you know, I remember Yeshua, Yeshua's in it. Yeshua. And, uh, it is, it is so hard to watch Jesus go through that. In the film, I would just throw out a stat. I don't think it 10% does justice to the evil he faced. Maybe less. I think I was being generous. Yeah. And Isaiah says that he barely resembled a man. And the worst part for Jesus wasn't when he got whipped, because we talk about the crucifixion right now. Other people got crucified. It wasn't when he even got the nails in his hands and put up there. Well, other people had had that happen to him. It was when the father poured out the cup of wrath, all war for all sin in that particular moment. Why have you forsaken me? Jesus became sin who knew no sin that in our place that we could have forgiveness. Freedom is not free. And so our memorial today is not only to honor our soldiers, but our memorial is to do the same thing that Jesus has always called us to do, to remember him. Remember his sacrifice, to put that song on repeat. Like the Psalms, it's a song, right? The Psalms to remind us, oh God, how great is your deeds. There's a song that has helped me remember Jesus so profoundly that I got a, uh, the pleasure to be on. And uh, Trinity, rapper, sounds good, created an album, I Forgot. Because I Forgot is, is kind of like us a lot of times. We all forget God when when, when he's, he's showed up in our life, but like the children of Israel, they forgot him. He took them out of Egypt and he for, they forget. Um, they, want, they want more manna, more provision, more. And he's parted Red Seas. He's given them manna from heaven. He's taken them somewhere, but they start complaining. God's done this in our life. He's taken us from somewhere. He's given us manna and we start complaining, right? And we only find ourselves back into position when we're screaming out, crying out, desperately saying, Jesus. And there's this part in the song where Tina, who's on it, Tina G, shout out, and uh, <laughs> Tina G, she has this part where she just sings Jesus. And it makes me just weep because that's sometimes the only prayer I got. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you thought, do you, maybe you believed the lie that you need an elaborate prayer. Did you believe that junk? Did you believe the junk? Because sometimes I believe that junk. And, you know, it's so interesting. I think you probably believe it more than you think. Here's why. If I asked you to pray, I bet you'd turn into your prayer voice. You ever notice that? People have a prayer voice? 
They have prayer words I've never heard. Makes no sense. You have a prayer voice and prayer words. Makes no sense. Right? And Jesus said, no, I don't want that type of prayer. I want the one that just says, it's a few words, and just say, God, forgive me. Just picture the sinner saying, ah, I'm a piece of junk. (laughs) That's the prayer he hears. It's the prayer he hears, friends. So check out this clip. He's the author, don't forget about God. Jesus coming. Jesus. We need reminders all the time to get us to appointments, to get us to work on time. The alarm hits it. But we need to remember the one who set us free more than anything. The worst thing that we could ever forget is God. And how we can remember him is, I think there's three things that could really kind of kickstart that for us is to remember grace. I think we stifle the flow of God in our life because we don't remember grace. It's so easy to remember God's grace for us. That's not the grace I'm talking about. The grace I'm talking about is so hard to remember God's grace for somebody else because they're bothering the living daylights out of you. But then how do you deal with that is you remember the grace that God's given you, then you're able to give grace. Secondly, I think thanks. I think that Children of Israel have taught us that without an attitude of gratitude, we're prone to want to go back to slavery environments, to think that somehow if somebody could offer us like needs and necessities for a moment, that we would choose that. And, and I pray whenever those last days come and it gets crazy and it's super hard, that if somebody comes and offers us kind of moment opportunity to say, hey, I got your, all your food, your needs met, your necessities, come follow me, that we would not follow a lie, but still follow Jesus. That's, that's going to be challenging. You got to remember Jesus when it's difficult. And how we do that is we give thanks. We remember, oh, I'm thankful. God's given me this. I don't, I don't live by bread alone. 
I don't live by location alone. I don't live by housing alone. I don't live by health alone. I live by the bread of life, Jesus. So to give thanks. And then lastly, I, I think it's mission. Hebrews 12 says this, and this is the, the anti back in the day, okay? So this is the anti back in the day. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely. Just get it off. That's what sin does. When, come on, we all know that. There's people in this place bombarded by sin, right? When you're bombarded by sin, it feels heavy. You don't even know how to get out. You got to let it go. You got to let it off. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I love that image. Who, who here ran track? Anybody run track? Okay, you got some people ran track? Okay, of all the sports I've ever played, there's nothing more nerve-wracking than that moment. Because I know this, I'm only as fast as I'm going to be. I mean, the jump's only going to help me so far. I'm going to look like a buffoon in front of everybody in the whole stands if I jump it. It's, you're wearing like these tiny, you know, like a skirt. Hey, if that's somebody's gig, it just wasn't mine, right? So you're in these tiny clothes, doing this little thing, got these little cleats on. And um, man, and they're like, on your mark, get set. Here's the thing about our race. It's not like track. Our race, we're already coming down. We're getting set. Hey, you're victorious because of Jesus. And then he's at the finish line. We're already, the cross has already set us free. We're getting ready to go. You know, he's hit the gun. Bow, we're running. And here's the cool part. We're just running in our own lane, looking right towards Jesus. He's just like, yeah, woo, yeah, woo. You know, he's just cheering you on. Like, no matter how fast you're going, he's like, yes. Yes, because you're running your race. You're running your race. Your race. Have you seen those athletes that have looked to the left or the right and then they just get passed? Because the difference of winning and losing can be this. In Jesus, to remember him, I think the difference sometimes is, is just like this. When we're comparing, looking at, he's just saying, run. So we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I find this very intriguing. Here's why. Joy is also tied with Jesus enduring the cross. That means it was his mission that brought him joy. We think if I'm not feeling pain, then therefore I'll have joy. I want you to be encouraged today that you might be in the midst of joy, in the midst of pain, because God's got you on a mission that run your race. And he tells us to not grow weary in just a few verses after that. Don't grow weary, keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running, keep r- remember, keep running, keep running. You might only have Jesus sometimes. No one may get it. People around you giving you advice. Christians giving you advice. Coming in like Job's friends, not even understand what's going on. Just saying stuff. Saying stuff. Grace, thanks, and mission. Because then mission says, it's not just back in the day. Remember when we were on mission? This is in my heart. If, if you're over 70, you still got a mission. If you're over 80, you still got a mission. If you're over 90, you still got a mission. It's not just back in the day. 50, you got a mission. 40s, you got a mission. I love my kids because I remember thinking 30s was old. And uh, I remember thinking, like, when people are 30, they're old. And then when you hit 30, you, re- you negotiate. <laughs> I'm not old, right? I'll be 38 this summer. 
And someone, someone heard me, this heard this said that, they were like, you're gonna be 38, that's old, right? And I was like, yeah, man, 38, baby. And uh, my, my kids go, he's young. I was like, yeah. Just encourage me to run my race. You're young, you still got purpose. You still have purpose. Remember Jesus. Remember how Jesus feels about you. Remember Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit for such a moment as this. Remember Jesus is coming back. Here's the coolest part. When you go back to Jesus' memorial, what you find is nothing because he's alive and his legacy lives in me and you. Lives in me and you. Come on. That's exciting. That's exciting. So the same way we started, we're going to marvel at our God. I know you got things that, that seem that they're just so unbearable. But I think if we make much of God, it'll start to show us how to deal with today. So we're going to sing, How Great Is Our God. Would you join me and stand and, um, as we close, and then we'll pray, and we'll go have a great Memorial Day. And if you see a soldier, make sure you say thank you. Everywhere. I think that's just a good thing to do. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.